Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now here's Pastor On. Today, I want to help us to grow in our faith. And I want to talk about three keys to greater faith. You know, the word faith is mentioned 458 times in the NIV version of the Bible. When a word is mentioned 458 times, that means it's important. See, it's faith that takes you from the realm of the impossible to the possible. Takes you from the unlikely to the likely. Jesus many times told people that were healed by him, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Faith is so powerful. See, faith is what brings healing when the doctor says there is no cure. And you see these many testimonies I love listening to testimonies because testimonies defeat the works of the devil and tear down lies and encourage us with faith that God is able to do anything. And Jesus said, if you have faith, then what is impossible becomes possible. That's how important faith is. Faith is, and we see this every week at our church, Faith is what produces a baby when it seems as though, or doctors say, you can't have a baby. Faith produces a baby. Faith is what can get you an incredible promotion. When you're the last person that should get a promotion, faith, your faith can get you that promotion, can get you that increase. Your faith can get you a better job. Your faith can get you a house when it seems unlikely that you can ever afford a house. How many testimonies do we hear in the house of the Lord every week? And I love, you know, as, as a pastor, I, I'm privy to, to hearing these testimonies. And people get so excited. Pastor, pastor, you don't believe it. Well, I believe it. That's what faith does. Faith is powerful. Faith is what has release people from wheelchairs at these altars. Faith is what has released people from incurable diseases at these altars. Faith is what has released people from demonic strongholds where people who are given by this world 5% chance to be delivered from heroin and crack, they come to the house of the Lord and their faith grows and they apprehend by the power of their faith deliverance from demonic oppression and from things that seem impossible or unlikely become possible and likely because of the power of faith. See, the Bible says that faith is so powerful that it's the only thing that can get you to heaven. The only way you can have eternal life in heaven, the Bible says, is through faith. It says in Ephesians 2, verse 8, 
For it is by grace you have been saved. Now listen. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of, of God. Not by works. So that no one can boast. It's by faith. In Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all these great pillars in the Bible, they were commended because of their faith. Their faith. Faith, we understand. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. Isn't it interesting that offerings is mentioned as a position of faith and that God commends your offering? That the Lord looks at our offering and he's looking for faith. It says, by faith, Abel still speaks even though he's dead. Every time we take offering in this church, Abel is speaking. Saying, remember, give a better offering. Make your offering right because God will commend you for it. And without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, it had not yet rained on the earth. In holy fear, Noah built an ark to save his family. Let me tell you what the ark is today. We are sitting in it. The church is the salvation of the world. Come on. It's the ark that we run into and we call as Noah called. The Lord's coming back. Come. There's safety in the ark, in the church. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as, it is, as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Sounded like us last week. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children. See, faith enables to bear children because she considered, listen, this is so important, she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Faith says, Lord, you are faithful. I believe in your promise. That's faith. All these people were still living by faith when they died. Come on, can we give God thanks for all the long timers in the church? Those, I tell you, I love men and women who've been in the kingdom for years, for decades. Not that you're going to die, I'm not saying that. But for decades, not, you know, people come a couple years, think God's Santa Claus, and then they move on. Thank God for people of faith 
Come on, that uphold the ark of God. Thank God. By faith, Isaac, listen, this is important. By faith, parents, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. The greatest legacy that we can leave our children is faith. Out of everything that I can give my kids and my grandkids, the greatest legacy that my wife and I will leave them is our faith in Jesus Christ. That's the most important legacy, is the legacy of salvation. See, faith is not a feeling. It's not goosebumps. You know, I have faith because I feel God. I feel. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a mindset. It's a position that you take. It's a position of faith. See, faith says God is here now. Faith says God is able now. Now. Not God is maybe here. Possibly here. Maybe he'll show up tomorrow. Maybe he'll work in my life next week, next year. Faith is God is here now. He's here among us now. He walks with me now. I get in my car, God is sitting next to me. I go home, he's with me. I go to work, he's with me. And I know that he's available to me and he's able to do exceedingly above all I ask or think. That is faith. I believe that I believe that I believe. See, hope is believing for the future. I'm hoping. But faith is believing that God is here and able now. Come on, that's the kind of faith that we want to grow. We need to grow that faith. When we were told a few weeks back, I get all these these legal letters in the mail. They wanted to make sure I, I got these legal letters. They sent me a legal package here. They sent me a legal package at home. They sent me a legal package at Awakening Church. I got so many legal packages coming in, you know, and opened it up and said, you have 30 days to get out. We needed to do more than hope. <laughs> we needed now faith. We needed now faith. And God, in his infinite wisdom, sets us up with a prayer and fasting because he's saying, listen, you're going to need some now faith. Because what did Jesus say about faith? Faith moves mountains. But it's not hoping, it's faith that moves mountains. And so we grab hold of our faith and your faith and my faith and this one's faith and that one's faith. And we put our little faith together and we moved a mountain and God opened up a place for us right when we needed it. That is now faith. That is mountain moving faith. If you don't have faith, you can't see God. You know, you can't see God in anything. You can't see God. You just, oh, it's coincidence. You know, it's coincidence. Let me tell you something. I tried to get into Tollgate. I couldn't get in. Now that we need a building, the Lord says, you need now faith, don't you? 
we had to activate something. We had to activate the supernatural. And we put our faith together and we opened a possibility, the impossible, it seemed impossible when I tried before, became possible. God honored our faith. It was now faith. And let me tell you something else. We needed now faith for our offices and for our youth ministry to gather. We needed now faith. We not only needed a place on Sunday, we need to move somewhere that we can have our youth ministry. We have meetings. We can have our offices. We needed now faith. Well, just this past Friday, I'm telling you, our prayers have been honored by the Lord. Now faith has been activated. God opened up a great hub for us right around the corner from Tollgate, right on Bald Hill Road, right on Route 2. And it is move in ready. We're like, wow, this is unbelievable. Reception, offices, a big room with high like cathedral ceiling. This is like unbelievable. It's like God designed this little hub for us. And we just walk right in. Now faith. God is able now. He's ready now. Come on, not tomorrow, not next week. Can we grab hold of now faith? Can we ask God, God, give me now faith. Give me bigger faith. See, faith isn't something that you're born with. You know, unless you're given the gift of faith, in the book of Corinthians, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, there's the gift of faith, there's the gift of knowledge, there's the gift of healing, there's the gift of miracles, there's the gift of interpretation of tongues. Some people have been given a gift that they have an incredible ability to believe. It's just natural. It's like they believe. You know, that's a gift. But most of us don't have that. Most of us, we have to grow our faith. Thank God for the church. That's why church is so important. Because our faith grows every time we're together. But let me say that it's not enough just to come to church and hear the word. You need to, to read your word. You need to listen to the word. You need to get on podcasts. You need to re-listen to what's preached on Sunday. Get the word inside of you because now faith taps in to the word of God. You have to tap into God's word to have now faith. But we have to grow in our faith. Jesus said, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Let me tell you something. Church, give yourself an applause because we moved some mountains over the last couple of weeks that have been powerful. God used you to do what he wants to do in this region. Faith is like a seed that needs nurturing to grow. It's like a seed that needs nurturing to grow. And listen, and if you plant it deep enough, that's why your Christianity can't be surface. Your Christianity can't be, I go to church on Sunday. Your Christianity has to be deep. Because if you plant the seed deep enough, when you are faced with with Tough seasons, because you, you, every single person will go through tough seasons in their life. When harsh weather comes, 
harsh seasons come. That seed, because it's planted deep and you have roots, you have roots in the body of Christ. You're connected with other people. You're faithful. You're part of the body. You're not just a hand, Christian hand floating around, but you're connected to the body. Your roots are deep that when tough time comes, that seed will still produce a harvest in your life because you're planted deep. So today, I want to give us three keys to growing your faith. Take notes if you can. Three keys to growing your faith. The first is you have to listen to the voice of faith. See, faith is the voice of truth that speaks to you. There's all kinds of voices that speak to us, but faith is the voice of truth. And truth comes from the Word. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, consequently, faith comes. See, faith comes to you. How? From where? From hearing the message. And the message is, is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes as you hear the message. This morning, faith is coming. You put on your Bible app, faith is coming. You have coffee, sit with faith. Listen to faith. If someone says to me, God told me. God told me this. God told me that. God told me this, Pastor Ron. I immediately know if it's not God, if it contradicts his word. I immediately know that's not God. If it contradicts godly principles, if it contradicts godly wisdom, because wisdom is supreme. So you can say as much as you want, God told me, but I know the voice of faith. I know where it comes from. It comes from the word of God. And you have to be very discerning as to what voice you're hearing because it's only faith that can move mountains. It's only faith that produces good fruit in your life. You have to discern the voice of faith. If I discern a spirit of pride, of criticalness, of judgmentalism, a spirit of religion, I immediately know, wait a second, this is not the voice of faith. I'm not going to listen to that voice. I'm going to listen to the voice of faith, of truth. If it's a controlling spirit, a manipulating spirit, someone trying to manipulate I have to say, is this the voice of faith? Because the voice of faith will never contradict God's word and the character of Christ. You have to be able to discern the voice of faith. And the voice of faith never contradicts God's word and never contradicts the character of Christ. That's why you can go to churches and hear all kinds of crazy doctrine You'll not, you're not going to be receiving faith at that place because it contradicts Scripture. See, faith that can move mountains, that Jesus says can, move the, can do the impossible, only comes from truth. We talked about this a little bit last week, 
that Moses sent out 12 spies to the promised land that was promised to Abraham. And so here God gave a promise that the Israelites will have a land. And Moses sends out 12 spies. And out of those 12 spies, only two came back with a positive report. That was Joshua and Caleb. See, out of all those voices, it was two they were speaking with the voice of faith. And why did they have a positive report? Because they did not base their decision and the discernment on what they saw, they based it on a promise from God. See, faith bases our decisions on the promises of God. Not on circumstance, not on what you see, and not on what you feel, but on the promises of God. Faith is choosing. You have to choose faith. Faith is choosing to believe God over everybody or anything else. See, we're living in a world that is contradicting God's word. In every aspect of life, we're living in a world with voices that are saying, this is the way, this is the way, this is the truth, this is the truth. But we know the voice of faith. We know the word of God. And we're those that follow the Joshua and Caleb's and not the negative spies. Amen? See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.5 that, that we have to cast down arguments and every high thing and exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's why it's so important that you read your Bible. It's so, so important. Listen to the Bible. If you can't read or if you don't like reading, listen to the Bible. Because you need to know the knowledge of God. And you need to be able to, to cast down arguments against it. God tells us to do that. You know, when Jesus went to, to Jairus' house, who was a, a leader of a synagogue, his daughter was dying. By the time Jesus got there, she was dead. The Bible says that there were people that were wailing and crying. They were wailing and crying. This little girl had died. They're wailing and crying. Jesus comes and he, the Bible says that he put them out. He kicked them out of the house. He kicked them out of the atmosphere because the Lord had to operate on the truth, even Jesus. And he has to cast off all the emotional responses, all the unbelief. He had to put out those that would try to steal his faith because the Lord knows faith is what will heal this girl. Now, yes, he was the word, but he was man as well. And so he had to cast down every argument. He has to put away people from his world that would steal his faith. And Jesus went in and he healed the girl. See, the enemy will use people, circumstances, and even your own emotions to rob you of faith. Let me say this again. The enemy will use people circumstances, and your emotions 
Your emotions, that's a big one, to rob you of faith. I remember um, my wife and I were going on vacation and someone came up to us and said, listen, you know, God told me that if you go on this vacation, something very bad is going to happen to you. Something very bad is going to happen. And this person was like, God told me. And, you know, it was like, came with the, you know, authority, the way he was saying it. And it was like, something very bad is going to happen. You can't go on this vacation. I think it was two days before. Oh, the day before. We're going to go on this vacation that we planned. And uh, you can't go. You can't go. And I'm like, is this the voice of faith? Is this God? And so now I know the voice of faith. I know the Bible. And the Holy Spirit, speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, things are confirmed. I'm not going to just listen to this person. I'm going to go with the Bible. And so I say, well, we, we better ask some of our leaders, our pastor, hey, are you sensing anything? Because this person's saying we're going to die if we go on this vacation. Let me tell you, what a way to start vacation. And so we went to different people that were prophetic. We went to our past, Pastor Steve. And, um, and it, no, I don't, I don't sense anything. I don't hear anything, you know. But I'm following the word. God's given us pastors to watch over our souls. Pastor Steve, you know, the Bible says, you're watching over my soul. It's me and my wife now. What do you think? He says, have a blast. And he prayed, Lord, I pray this be the best vacation. And we did. We had, it was the best week. It was like every day was beautiful weather. And I'm like, thank God we know how the voice of faith works. See, the enemy will come and question your faith. Every single one of you, every single day, your faith is questioned. Every day. You won't go a day without your faith being questioned. Why do you go to church? Why do you have to tithe? Why do you listen to Jesus music all the time? Why are you pro-life? Why are you pro-marriage? Why are you for male and female and creationism? And the answer always is, I'm a person of faith. I'm a person of faith. That's my answer. I'm a person of faith. Some may choose to put their faith in culture. Some may choose to put their faith in Hollywood. It's amazing how many people put their faith in the weirdest most weird college professors that you'll ever meet. I don't know about, I mean, I hope no one's a college professor here. But let me tell you, I, I went nine years college for my MBA and undergrad. The weirdest people were professors. Some like psychology professors, I would say, goodness gracious, this person needs a, a psychiatrist. And they're teaching me. Weird. We, I've met the weirdest professors and, but some people will put their faith in their professors. Some people will put their faith in their weird friends, their weird teachers at school. 
Some people put their faith in some weird family members. I think we will go with the only thing that's never changed is the holy, sacred word of God and Jesus. Come on. That's, I think that's a wise decision. The unchangeable. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. You know, we're going to be celebrating the 4th of July. Our nation... And you and I, don't forget this, we are free because of men and women who had faith in Jesus Christ and the scripture. We are free because of men and women of faith. Out of the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence, 26 of them had degrees from Bible school or seminary. Nearly half had degrees from Bible school and seminary. These were men of faith. They believed that faith in God's word would lead them. They believed by faith God would, through the Holy Spirit, will inspire them to write the Constitution, to write the Declaration of Independence. Independence. They believed by faith that God had given them inalienable rights, rights from God not to have tyranny and control by any other form of government but by God himself. They believed by faith. We are here because of the power of faith. That's why we pray God increase our faith. Let me read you this. George Washington our first president said this. You won't hear this in school, kids. But we'll hear it from the pulpit today. While we are zealously performing the duties of good citizens and soldiers, we certainly ought not to be inattentive to the higher duties. Say higher. Higher duties of religion to the distinguished character of patriot. It should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of what? Of Christian, of Christian, of faith. Do not be timid in your faith. Do, my, do not be timid to stand as a patriot that says, I believe in this nation founded under God indivisible and justice for all. Do not be timid to be the Christian George Washington says we are to be. Number two, how do we grow our faith? Look for the face of faith. Faith has a face. I can tell if you're happy by your face. I can tell if you're fearful. Can we put those emojis up. Come on. One of these people, that's your face. Ho hopefully today we have more happy faces. We have happy faces here today. Come on. I like the disgusted face. But, you know, we teach our children, these are what, these faces, 
These are what these expressions show. Whatever's inside comes to your face. Well, let me tell you something. Faith has a face. And the longer you're part of this church, you start realizing that this church has a certain face. And I want to show you what that face is. Can we put that face up? Come on. That's the face of this house. We are a warring people. We are a people that are not afraid to take down giants. Come on, we are going into a city with this face on and saying, devil, get behind me. People need to get saved in this region. My faith increases when I surround myself with people who have that face. People who, who, who are amening people. People who say we can do anything to Christ. My faith increases when I find people that have that face. A face that says God is here now. God is able now. Surround your, your life, surround yourself, tell you, with people of faith. And not people that will suck your face, faith dry. And suck your face dry. <laughs> See, faith rejects words like can't, will never happen, too big, too small, too hot, too cold, not enough. Faith rejects those things. And number three, ask the music minister to come forward. Hope for something. You want your faith to increase. You want to practice having bigger faith. Hope for something. Hope for something. If someone were to ask you right now, what are you hoping for? Do you have an answer? Get an answer. What are you hoping for? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is confidence in what we hope for an assurance about what we do not see. Write down your hopes. Pray for your hopes. If you're hoping for a house, get a scrapbook. Put pictures of what your house is going to look like. Write down how much it's going to cost. Hope for more money. Hope for a better job. Hope for a deal. Hope for something. Because hope ignites faith. And faith ignites action. Some of you, I can, I can see that you're hoping for a spouse. When I say hope, you, all of a sudden I see spouse, 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 spouse in the spirit. My niece, she was a real dark time. And um, she was hoping for a spouse. And so someone said to her, write down, stop, stop whimpering and stop cowering. Write exactly what you want and bring it to God. Bring it to God every day. And she started getting into it, you know. And uh, he's got to have dark hair. He's got to have blue eyes. He's got to do this and that. Say, so, you know, so, some, sometimes we have to be realistic, you know. But let me tell you something. God gave her exactly what she wrote down. It was miraculous. Miraculous. Because she hoped when you hope, it releases faith. 
And when you have faith, you start acting on it. You start preparing for what God's going to do. Let me close by, by just reading you what our hope was as a church 35 years ago when we were a little tiny church just starting off, 11 people in a storefront and now five, four or five different campuses in Rhode Island, Massachusetts with thousands of people. But this was our hope. This was our vision when we're just a little tiny group of people. Our vision was is to see the house of God established again as a landmark in the community, a place where lives are restored, marriages healed, and children taught about the Heavenly Father, an oasis in a dry land, a place where ministry is meaningful and the work of the Lord is joined by the hearts and hands of good men and women, where integrity and genuine love is evident, a light in a dark world, above all, a place that raises the banner of Jesus Christ where the Holy Spirit is powerful and alive and the glory of the Lord fills the temple, a city on a hill. This is our hope. This is our faith. This is what God is using you for. Amen? Let's all stand. Do you need some mountain moving faith today? We're going to open the altars. I believe God's going to deposit some faith that can move mountains as we pray for people. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we pray, God, that you give us a deposit of faith today. We renounce every lie that says things can't change in my life. We renounce every lie that tries to cause fear for our future. We bind those spirits. We bind those voices today. And we say, give us the voice of faith, Holy Spirit. Give us the mind of faith, Holy Spirit. Give us an overcoming faith, Holy Spirit, for our lives, for our marriages, for our children, for our finances, for our health, for our freedom, Lord. Lord, for our freedom, Lord, give us faith. Give us faith. Anoint us with power of faith. Oh, God, we call upon your power this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content with Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.